welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dave. I'm here with Linda, and we are talking to Morgan Willis, who's a principal cloud technologist at Amazon Web Services Training and Education. And I am really looking forward to this. As someone who struggled to even get their cloud practitioner and is always looking to get more certifications and learn and grow, I have watched your videos and just love the way that you you help people grow in their AWS careers. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share some knowledge about AWS training and certification uh, on the pod today. So let's start from the beginning. Journey to the cloud background. Did you get an actual degree? Did you start out with a boot camp? I'm super curious of, of how you broke into the industry. Yeah, so I've actually, fun fact about me, I've never had a job that wasn't in IT. And I started when I was 15 for, for our school district. One of my friends had like, was like, hey, the school's having this opportunity to where we can get paid minimum wage to go be tech support and like answer tickets and, you know, fix things. And in the summer, it was full time where you got to upgrade all the infrastructure and all the software and stuff like that. So I started in that and then was like, OK, well, this is fun. So I went and got a degree in computer science. And that was not easy for me at all. Like I had, I didn't have any programming experience before college and coming into it, it felt like everybody already knew what they were doing. And if I struggled a lot through that experience, but I feel like it really made me learn how to learn, you know, like things before that kind of came easily to me. And then college just really knocked me down and I finished, I got my degree and everything went really well. And I got my first um, job as a software developer doing Java development for like a large electric company. And then I worked there for a couple of years and gained a bunch of experience. And then I started teaching a Java bootcamp. So I, I did get my degree, but I also worked in the bootcamp industry as well. And Whoa. I worked. Yeah, it was super fun. Like, honestly, that job was one of my favorite jobs I've ever had because it was a really small company. There was like 10 people and we just taught Java courses or .NET courses. And I started there as a tutor. So I wasn't like even a teacher. I started there as a tutor, just mentoring people like after hours. I worked till like 9 p.m., like weird hours and staying with people after class, you know. And then they needed uh, an instructor to step up. And I started doing that. And it was going really well. I really just like loved helping people. So that's kind of just been my thing ever since then. Ever since I learned that I love helping people solve complex problems and making it simple for them guiding them through that, supporting them. That's just kind of been my whole thing. So uh, after that, I joined AWS as a senior technical trainer where I traveled around the country. Every week was a new customer. I got to teach different customers all about AWS. And I actually didn't know anything about AWS before I started working here. So there was a large learning curve for that as well. And then I switched from in-classroom training to digital training, which is what I do now as a cloud technologist. I learn about AWS, I write courses, I write labs, I make proof of concepts, and I deliver these courses to everybody learning AWS. So yeah, that's my background. I love your journey. I want to backtrack to something you said about learning how to learn in college. And I think you have a very unique perspective because you saw the bootcamp from, from a teaching standpoint and you went to, you had a, you know, you were in computer science in college. What is your take, I guess, on boot camps? This is a common question, let's say, I, I always see. and would love to get your, your thoughts there. Yeah. So, and I'm actually, it's, I have an interesting perspective on this too, because I don't know if I would thrive in the boot camp like world. It's very difficult. So like I have 
mad respect for people that graduate boot camps and make their way in this industry. It is so hard to do it that way, but it works for people that are really dedicated. And so it's like, I think of it like this, like sometimes people can just be given the information, like they can give them access to YouTube and a book and an IDE and they're on their way and they don't need anybody. And then other times people need more guidance. And I feel like my college experience was like, I needed that guidance. You know, I need I needed the peers. And it also took a while for this stuff to sink in for me. Like I didn't get it right away. So it took a lot of like focused effort. And so having that, I was in college for three years. So having that three year time frame to let it sink in was really, really helpful for me. Whereas with the boot camp, it's like a fire hose. Like you're just really yep. thrown into the deep end. So I think that the boot camp industry is great and I think it works for a lot of people. I just think that people have to understand that you're you're doing it the hard way, you know? And um it's gonna hurt in that time. But it's like growing pains, you know, you're just like thrown into a new thing and you just have to kind of try to keep yourself afloat. And things might not click until you're out of the boot camp. Like I always used to tell people that like it's okay that you don't get it right now. We're just kind of carving out this brain space for you, just making a space for it. Okay. We're just tucking it away for later. Then later, you're going to see it at work and you're going to wake up one day and go, I get it. I understand it. I didn't understand it, but now for some reason I do. So patience, boot campers, patience. You will get it eventually. This Because this is the one takeaway I had when I went to, because I went to Flat Arts Boot Camp. And the one thing that was, because it's a fire hose and because you're throwing all this information, I kept telling people, you can't, just like Steve Jobs said, like you can't connect the dots to looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. That's what it is because there's so many concepts that you just have to say, okay, I don't fully get it, but I have to move on. And then it will click when I have to build a project and I have to understand how everything connects. And you also don't get the core theoretical fundamentals, which you have to do kind of after unless you come yes. pre-prepared to boot camp. So I, I thought I, you, to me, you hit the nail on the head as a person who attended. I never taught, but it, uh-huh. it, I think like that is such excellent advice for people. And I, yeah, it's, well, it's also the college route. It's like it's spread out over a much longer period of time, whereas like the boot camp, it's probably your full time job. And it's like you are there, like most likely in person and you're doing like 80 hour weeks. So it's just a condensed thing. So like if you ever heard the expression, there's no compression algorithm for experience, you know, like you can't rush experience. Yep. But the boot campers are getting experience by being fully immersed for months where in the college experience, you're not really getting that same like fully immersive experience. You have other classes and other things going on. So, yeah. I was just thinking of Game of Thrones and like, you know, when you watch a show and there's details you don't realize beca- because it's not condensed. If you're watching yeah. time, we're just watching it together. Except if you miss an episode because you were sick one day, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you missed like a whole, you missed a whole chapter. I'm just super curious if you don't mind sharing three years. Did you do accelerated bachelors? Yeah. So I actually, so I'm like one of these people where I really didn't enjoy high school. You know, I'm pretty sure most people don't enjoy high school, but I am, I'm the type of person where I will try to find ways to solve any problem that I have. Like I, I don't sit well in being uncomfortable. So I decided that I was going to try to figure out a way where I didn't have to go to high school anymore. And I realized that 14, I attended this seminar that was like, if you take the ACTs and get a certain score, then you can go to college for free and the state will pay for it. And like as a high schooler. So I did that for my junior and senior year. And I just went full time college. As soon as I got in, I was like, no more high school classes. 
And then anything that I couldn't take at college for the high school credit, I found another company that sent me books through the mail and I did independent study at home. Like old school style, like literally mailed me my assignments then I mailed them back. This is before, wow. you know, digital online school. But yeah, so I because of that, I had credits going in. So I actually could have graduated in two years, but I was running track and field and I wanted to extend my time in college because I was, you know, an athlete. Of course you were. Yeah, I know. What what it was fun times. It was it was a lot. It was a lot. But honestly, by the time that the three years came, I was like so burnt out from pushing all of that through at such a like a young age. So yeah, I love that because I think like what happens in college is people don't get to enjoy the learning process sometimes because it's like you're trying to push everything in. Kind of Uh towards the end of college, I kind of felt similar way. What relation do you feel like were there for you any, if any, with athletics and tech? I'm just curious. Yeah. So I actually feel like my involvement in sports like set me up really well for tech, because especially with running, because with running, you don't have instant gratification. Like what you do today, your training today takes six months, a year to pay off and you have to be consistent. You have to keep it going. So it's like you can't cram for a race, you know, that's not going to work. So you have to learn how to like meter things out over time and dedicate yourself to a goal that's going to take time to reach. And I think with tech, it's the same type of thing. Like you have to study over time. You have to give yourself time to uh, like absorb the benefits of your training, you know? So yeah, I think it really helps me a lot because you can't just wing it with tech. You have to build that foundation, you know? And I think running was the same thing. You have to build your base. So yeah. So Morgan, you said you're a principal cloud technologist. Can you tell us what that is? What that entails? Yeah. So I work at under AWS training and certification, and I work under the curriculum side of the house. So a cloud technologist is somebody who their my whole job is to learn about AWS and then create courses. And these courses are digital. So I am the person actually writing the scripts, writing the labs, writing the quizzes, writing the readings, and then also being the person on camera who delivers that. So oftentimes you might have like a curriculum developer who's writing it and then an instructor delivers it. A cloud technologist is someone who kind of fully encompasses all of that. And then we also are available to do live events like Twitch or summits or, you know, AWS on air, things like that. So it's just a little bit of a different skill set than just an instructor or just a curriculum developer. So we created this new title that's just more of a blanket term for someone who learns and someone who teaches. And that's kind of where we're at. That's amazing. It's all such a mix of skill sets. Like, is there something, were you looking specifically to do this kind of role with a mix of skill sets? Or like, did you know this is where you're going to know? So when I was a trainer and I was doing, you know, customer engagements every week, my manager here, he created a new team and he needed to, to create these Coursera courses and he needed an instructor and someone else that was working on that course was like, oh, well, there's Morgan Willis. She's new. I was only here for like three months. And they were like, she can do it. And so I came and wrote this, you know, my path of the course and filmed it. And then it was like a couple months later, they're like, hey, you want to do another one? Do you want to do another one? So I think I did three courses as a trainer before I jumped in to this full time. So I was kind of balancing those two levels. So it just kind of was the right opportunity. And my skill set fit in with that perfectly. And honestly, I feel like I've been able to shape my role really well here. So it's a a little bit of an ambiguous title, cloud technologist. Yeah, I love it. You get get to 
do all aspects of them. I mean, I've been following you for many years and it's very inspiring. I, I've watched your courses on on some of the certs in Skillbuilder and, you know, in general, I think it it's one of those things that cloud in general has like many aspects of delivery. You have solution architects, right, that are very customer facing. You have uh, other roles that are much more behind the scenes. Like I think it kind of correlates too to the type of different roles you're telling people about or teaching about. Can I ask you, especially seeing so many people try to transition into, you know, get their search or, or transition careers, how do you recommend people learn AWS? Yeah. So there are many different ways to learn AWS. And I think it really depends on the type of learner you are, right? So I think if it's like there's like levels, right? We have our beginners, we have our intermediate, our advanced, and they might like to absorb material in different ways. So I've noticed from my experience that uh, true beginners tend to like more of a heavy-handed guidance, right? Like you don't really know what you're looking for if you're a true beginner. You don't know where to start. You might not know what questions to ask, what technologies to learn. AWS has 200 services. You know, where the heck do I start with all of this? And so I think for a true beginner, starting with a more guided approach, which is something like the courses that we create, like MOOCs, massive open online courses off of Coursera or edX, those types of uh, learning platforms have a guided approach that is at its lengthy. It's multiple hours. It's not just like a 20 minute intro. So if you're a beginner, I would say going for something that's a little bit longer, more of a commitment, you're going to be exposed to just what exists. So like you can't determine how you're going to use the services if you don't know what exists. So I think those those types of courses that are a little bit longer, more in depth, more of an instructor led experience are better for beginners. But then there's also people that are like, you know, I've been working in IT for 15 years and I don't want to watch three hours of videos. I just want this piece of information. And so we have a lot of courses on AWS Skill Builder. So Skill Builder is AWS training and certifications platform for learning. And on there, we have all different types of trainings, but we have the longer courses. We also have these like primer courses. So if you're a database administrator and you are trying to just learn how to do one thing with RDS, you could go and watch a much shorter condensed course that's likely going to be having more text over video. So we have a full blend of training products out there for people. It really just depends on the type of learner that you are. And I think that that's also something to note is that with our training offerings across all these platforms like Skill Builder, Coursera, edX, even Twitch, they are tailored for different types of learning styles. So if you don't like what you're seeing on Twitch, go to Skill Builder. If you don't like what you're seeing on Skill Builder, go to Coursera you know, that sort of thing. We have different offerings that you might like better if you can explore. It's just really letting customers and learners know that this stuff is out there, you know? And you're so right. Like not everybody learns the same way. Also finding out how you learn is really important. Like one of my favorite offerings is CloudQuest. Yes. That's what I like to learn with games. Uh, tell us a bit more about CloudQuest. I, know, I don't know if everybody all knows. Yeah, so yeah. CloudQuest is a uh, one of our latest offerings for learning. It's gamified. So it's all in the browser. It's a browser-based game. And it kind of looks like almost like like an old school uh, mix between like a, what's those games where you like build a city? It's like Sims Plus. Yeah, like Sim City kind of. And but you don't. So you go through a city and you explore the city. And as you're exploring, you get all these different challenges like and we have this website where we're keeping track of the wave data for the beach nearby and we need to upload our static website to S3. And then you go and you learn about S3. So there's videos embedded in the platform. 
you learn about it there, and then you launch this lab environment where you actually go complete the task that that character had given to you, right? That's kind of like your quest. You have to go complete your quest. And that is a really good way to get hands-on. It's in a hosted AWS Labs environment, and it also has checks. So that's something that's unique as well, is not every lab has the way to check whether you did it right. Whereas in CloudQuest, it runs these checks against your environment and will tell you whether you passed it or not. So you can actually see your progress and see if you're doing the right thing. I love that. In the time that we've talked, you have the soul of a teacher and you love just seeing students light up and they get it. And that comes through in the training and something Linda said about like CloudQuest works for her, right? And other things. When I go to conferences, I would not even be able to tune into the speaker because the way that I learn is to watch the recording with my notes next to it. And then I write down little things and I go through at my own pace and then I stop. I do this, by the way, even with non-technical concepps. And then I let it digest. So I'll like, I'll go for a walk right outside and I'll just sit there and I'll let, it's almost like I'm giving my neurons the ability to connect with each other on the new information before I just flood it with a whole bunch of other stuff. And I feel like part of what you all do in the education and training, which I love, is that, you know, we're sitting here in 2023, you know, my grocery bill's insane for a family of four. And and I'm constantly like, how much is it going to cost even to go on a trip? So how much do I put monetarily wise into my own education, into my career growth? And I've never seen, and it's not just because I work at this company, I've never seen another tech company that puts so much free education out there. You mm-hmm. can literally get a certification without having to pay anything. And there are, there are plenty of you know, the free content and there's great partners that do training and certification if that's what you'd like. But I feel like your organization does a really amazing job of that. Can you talk about that approach? You know, that it's, it's almost like classroom training where it gives you that holistic view of, I'm always asking why. <laughs> Like why and how do you build on other concepts? And I feel like you do an amazing job with that. Yeah. So for the free thing, I think one of our like core tenants is democratizing access to this information. So as a trainer, when I was training and I was going week to week, like in front of customers, right? Those are like paid training courses that are funded and sponsored by the company. And it was, you know, it's like not everybody has access to that level of instruction. And so that's what we tried to recreate in these Coursera courses that we put out there and those courses that my team does. So my team specifically, we work with training partners like Coursera and edX. Some of my stuff makes it on SkillBuilder, but my team specifically focuses on these like MOOCs. And you can audit these courses for free and get access to all the videos and all of the readings free of charge. And there's tons, like hundreds of courses that are for free on SkillBuilder. And I think really the main thing for this is we are trying to help democratize access to this knowledge. We don't want to have, you know, that individual living in India that can't afford paying, you know, $1,500 to sit in a three-day class. We want to make sure that they can get a quality education on AWS as well. And so we try to make sure that we're making content that is high quality, you know, high production quality, is interesting, has insights from people with experience. And we're trying to recreate that environment online as best we can. And, you know, CloudQuest, Cloud Practitioner is also free. Some of the other ones are paid, right? So there are free offerings and there are paid ones. But even with the paid offerings, like for SkillBuilder, I think it's 
$30 a month. I think Coursera has a similar subscription. It's around $30, $40 a month. So it really depends on how much you want to invest in there. But I think that ultimately we have a lot of free training. Everything on Twitch is also free. And I think people don't realize just how much exists that's free. And there's also, we run sorts of all sorts of promotions through things like the power hours that we do on Twitch, where if you complete the power hours, power hours series, then you can get a 50% off of your certification exam. So there's tons of different programs that we're running all the time. And we're always launching new programs as well. But a, a lot of this goes back to our goal to train 29 million people for free by 2025. So it's one of our main organizational goals is to train 29 million people for free. So, mm -hmm. you know, we would love for anyone listening to be one of those 29 million. <laughs> I love that. And it really comes through that like you're meeting also people where they are. You know, the partners content also, it's, it's like some people might go on Coursera, they might you're really meeting them in all these different types of variations. And yeah, the skill builder content itself, all the learning plans are free. Technically, CloudQuest, right, is maybe is paid like some of the, not the Cloud Practitioner one, the other ones, but like the, the content itself is free. And, you know, I guess there's there's a lot of different documentation and YouTube and all these things. So what makes this training different, I guess? How would you phrase that? Right. You can go learn things on YouTube. You can go learn things from the AWS documentation. So why do we need training in general, right? And I think the answer to that is we like to have guides, mentors, teachers, right? And whenever you go sit in a class, there, there's some amount of cohesion with the material, right? Where it's like, I've learned this and I'm going to guide you through this the best way that I know how based off of my experience from teaching, you know, thousands of people. So we're going to make it the most digestible, the most approachable it can be with a certain audience in mind. And when you're working through like documentation or YouTube, a lot of that sort of content can be fragmented. And depending on what type of learner you are, that might be perfectly fine. Like I know for me personally, as a learner, I like documentation. You know, like I'm a text person, which is funny because I make video all the time. But, you know, depending on who you are, that might be okay. However, the training that we put out there is definitely more of a guide. And we have this approach that we're taking that is backed up by, you know, learning science. And we have professionals that are designing this content specifically to try to make it sticky and make it so that you can implement it right away uh, in your cloud journey, right? So I think training is something that's really important as far as organized training, because a lot of organized training also has a perspective. We're trying to teach you something specific. Whereas if you're just kind of clicking around on the internet, you might not get to where you're trying to go if you're not sure of the full landscape. So we can build training with the full landscape in mind and give you a path that's going to get you to where you're trying to go. I love that. The certification path. So when I was looking at joining AWS, I had already been at Amazon, I don't know, too long. And I had tangentially used AWS services. So I had touched S3, EC2, and I was using a lot of Lambda and serverless for Alexa skills. When I was moving into this new role, I was like, all right, I'm going to seriously look at certifications now. Because when I was starting my career back in the 1700s, we had these certifications called the MCSE and MCS. They were the Microsoft. I'm actually a Microsoft. Well, it's not valid anymore, but a Microsoft certified uh, solutions engineer. That's actually where I met my wife. This goes all the way back to 97. She was a trainer. I helped run a training center for Microsoft certifications. So this was on like NT4. Training brings people together. I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. Training. 
happens. Right there. People. Yes. I love training. I love training. Uh, she was a recruiter before that too. But that's how you got into the industry. And it was crazy back then, you know, salary wise, it was like a 20% increase in my salary by getting a certification. And so I went back to that going into AWS. I'm like, I need a cert. I just, at least for me, the stuff that you shared about your journey in college and in high school and helping, you sound like a, especially with sports, like for me, I've always been a goal dominant personality and sports have taught me daily discipline. Doesn't matter how you feel, you just do it. And that's the kind of discipline that I take for a goal in order to achieve a certification. So I like, I actually had on this, my whiteboard here, there are mini goals. So it was 15 minutes a day, that's it. But I was going to walk through training in a certification and that's how I got my cloud practitioner. And back then, I mean, seeing things like VPC, I was like, what? VP what? You know, like it was such a foreign concept. And then I would create those things as I went through others. So the vernacular is very comfortable now. For someone who is like, I need to do a certification, is the cloud practitioner like the thing that I should look at first? Did I do it wrong? <laughs> Which is probably likely. Uh, should I look at an associate? Where do you feel like all that fits in? And is it enough to walk and get a job just on certifications? Or are there other things that you recommend for people to be doing at the same time in parallel? Yeah, so there's a couple of things I want to touch on there. So yeah. AWS offers a bunch of different certifications. We have the cloud practitioner level is the foundational certification. And that's going to be the quote unquote easiest. I use that term uh, loosely. And then on top of that, it is right, that's relative. And then on top of that, we have our associate certifications. That's like sysops, solutions architect, developer associate. And then on top of that, we have our professional level, level certs, DevOps Pro and solutions architect Pro. And then we have a group of specialty certifications like security, databases, machine learning, even SAP, things like that. So it depends on your background on which one you should start with. So if you are a if you're a person that is working kind of around tech or in tech, but you're not going to be hands on with AWS, then cloud practitioner is the place to start because it's going to give you you mentioned that a lot of it's that vocabulary. So this is something I talk about a lot with new people to tech in general. And like, because I taught a boot camp, part of what I do is just trying to like make people feel calm with the fact that there's a lot of words that mean nothing to anyone outside of technology. And that's okay. We're just accepting that, that there's a lot of jargon. And part of it is just building that vocabulary, right? Knowing what people are talking about, just having the word in your brain will get you some percentage of the way there, right? So awareness is the first step. And building that vocabulary, building that foundation is going to be very important because like with AWS, if you've been working in tech before, this, these things aren't brand new concepts. You know, it's like virtualization, infrastructure. We just have different words for them. So learning what those words are is going to help you then be more successful in AWS. And what certifications can do is give you a framework for learning. So I was saying before, if you're brand new with AWS, you might not know where to start. 200 services. There's a thousand different offerings for training. There's a thousand different offerings for hands-on labs. There's a thousand different events. It's just like, there's so much to digest here. And I think what certifications can do is give you a, a clear, defined set of things to learn and how to learn them. So the framework that certification provides to you is like, okay, start with this group of services. So if you're someone that is a developer background and you want to learn AWS, I'd recommend going to going straight for the developer associate cert because you're going to learn all the cloud practitioner stuff 
and the things that are relevant to your job. If you are an architect or if you're even somebody who's just like mildly involved with designing systems or like workshopping things, it depends on your job, like where you work. You might have an architect position or you might be a developer that also does architecting, right? It just depends on where you work. So I like the solutions architect for like a, a entry-level base technical background certification. Solutions architect associate is a really good one because it gives you a broad set of services to look at, but it goes deep enough to where you can really learn something that you can apply and, you know, get your hands on and get actually building with AWS. Whereas cloud practitioner is much more conceptual and you actually don't need to be hands-on with cloud practitioner to be able to get that cert. I love that you mentioned also the concept of mindset and emphasis on that, because to me, I used certifications as a guide. I was in tech and mm-hmm. then used it to transition to the cloud end. I also, I, I was like a front-end developer the full stack. It was trying to go more to the cloud end and it all seemed like a mystery. And I wanted something to guide me and to give me the broad overview. And the associate solution architect one was broad enough that it it was technical, but it was broad enough for me to get familiar with services. So do you feel like from the associate ones, I kind of want to get your thoughts on where you would start if you're just trying to get a broad understanding and you don't know where you want to niche into even in cloud or maybe already technical, like somebody who doesn't maybe would start a cloud practitioner, but then if they aren't, is it good for them to still take it to try to get familiar with certs because they aren't sure, they don't know how to take certs? I think, you know, a lot of this stuff also comes down to money. Like the certifications do cost money. We have vouchers, but they do they do cost money. So like I personally, as an individual, I'm not going to go for the cloud practitioner certification if I am in a hands-on role because I want to have the most bang for my buck. So the solutions architect is going to give me more of what I'm looking for. I think the cloud practitioner is great, you know, for certain roles. And, you know, I've taken that one multiple times because I take the, I, you know, I help create content to try to help people learn this stuff. So I take the exams so that way I know what to teach. But so I've taken that one. But I will say that I think the solutions architect, like you said, it's broad enough. It's deep enough to give you a real functional understanding of how these things work together. Like cloud practitioner, that certification is more about identification. Like, what do you use S3 for? Whereas the solutions architect is going to say, okay, let's plug this into a solution, right? Like pick the right service for this use case. And so even through just taking that exam, you get to read all of these different use cases around how people would use the services. And if you're working, even if you're already working with AWS, like as a developer, maybe I'm working on an application that is containerized, it's running on ECS and Fargate or something, and it works with DynamoDB and S3. Okay, so I'm right there. I'm only really interacting with a couple of services, right? So like my day job, maybe I'm only using the S3 and DynamoDB API. I'm still blind to the rest of what's going on with AWS. So if I want to advance my career, I need to be able to zoom out and think about the bigger picture not necessarily just my day-to-day. And I think these certifications help you do that, right? You zoom out and I'm going to take a much broader look at the AWS landscape and figure out how these different services come together as building blocks instead of just focusing on one individual service at a time. And I think that the associate levels start to get you there. Whereas the cloud practitioner is more of like, again, if you're non-technical or if you are maybe not sure how you would work with AWS at all, you know, those sorts of things. But I think if you have a technical background and you plan to be hands-on with AWS, the associate is definitely the place to start. What are some common mistakes you see people doing with AWS certs when they're studying, I guess? 
So in general, I would say acting like they are, you know, Pokemon, gotta catch them all. I would say that that's maybe counterintuitive. You might think the more certifications I have, the better. But in reality, I think, you know, it depends on your role. Maybe you're a generalist and you want to have more of a sampling or your job role requires you to have multiple. But I would say, like, focus on the ones that are going to be the most impactful to your career and where you can get deepest to start. And don't be overwhelmed by the number of certifications available. Just pick one and focus on it. And, you know, that's good. We don't need to get them all. Because I also think, too, from a recruiter's perspective, it's almost like I've, I've even heard some people say that they don't like it when somebody has literally all of them um, because it's like it's like a game, you know, so it's like I think that certifications are a tool to help you improve in your career. Don't worry too much about trying to gamify the system or like, you know, anything like that. The second thing I would say is trying to cram the information in. So again, we were talking before about how like this weird approach where it's like, I want to study every few days, you know, I'm going to put in the time. And there are no shortcuts to being successful. And I think with AWS certifications, people want the shortcut. They want the exam tips. They want to know what's going to get me that extra point of the exam. And I see a lot of training content out there that's like, remember this one specific thing and don't worry about what it's actually doing. Just remember this one thing because it's on the exam. And it's like, that doesn't really help you, you know? So like in the end, putting in the work and really learning for real, like actually challenging yourself to learn will be the most beneficial for you in the long run. Because this this concept is, is very core, like the material of these certs is very core to a lot the day-to-day jobs. And I remember even carrying a lot of concepts that I learned the certs into my job in cloud. And yes, it was the guide that helped me know what's there. And of course, hands-on, there's nothing like hands-on, but it lets you know what's there. And some of the certs do require some hands-on experience to really pass anything with developers has to yeah. have information about YAML and, and, and stuff like that. Um, speaking of hands-on, what is some, how, what's the correlation between hands-on certification, thoughts there, and what do you recommend as yeah. far as tools? So this is something else we talk about a lot in training and certification is that we hear from a lot of people that you know certification by itself is not enough in the sense that if I have my resume and I have no AWS, no technical experience, I'm trying to break into this industry, I have my solutions architect associate, and I'm having a hard time getting a job interview. You know, I'm having a hard time breaking into the industry, but I have my cert. So like, what's going on? And the key here is you need certification and hands-on or just hands-on. Like certification is great, but it's not like it's like you 100% need it, right? It just depends on who you are. But the hands-on component is probably the most important component because again, that's where you do actual real learning. So we have a lot of different ways that you can get hands-on. We have hands-on labs embedded in a lot of our courses. So like on our, our courses, like on Coursera or edX, we have labs that are embedded in those courses that are relevant to that course material so you can reinforce what you're learning. And then we also have hands-on labs, the AWS labs that are in Skill Builder. We have hundreds of labs that you can use, and those are going to be with our paid subscription. And it's paid because those are launched in a hosted environment and you can you know, play with the services, follow the tutorials, get that hands-on experience without having to worry about putting your credit card into an AWS account. Like, and you need an AWS account at all. Like you could just, it's exactly. it just, it spins up an AWS account for you and then it tears it down when you're done. So that's a really great way to learn as well. Um, I'd mentioned CloudQuest has the hands-on labs built in, but we also have something called AWS Jams. And this can be done as a team event or it can be done individually. And 
what AWS Jams does, which I think is really cool, is you come into their system and you form a team and it's kind of gamified in the way that you can earn points and there's leaderboards and it presents you with a problem. Like I need to upload all these objects to S3 and then we need to move them to S3 IA after 30 days. And so it doesn't tell you how to do that. It just says, here's what I need. And then you go through and you do it. And then there's a way in the system where you can check your progress and it will tell you if you've passed it or not and it'll give you those points. So that way is less guided. So we have this spectrum again, where it's like very guided, step-by-step, click here, click here, type this, click here. Or more open-ended like an AWS Jams where it's just saying, this is what I want, go figure it out and we'll let you know if you did it right. So there's lots of different ways to get hands-on, but that is the key is having that hands-on experience, building that portfolio. And I would also say too, if you're having a hard time getting into the industry, write about these experiences, like design a project that you plan to build a proof of concept of, and then write a little blog about it and put it out there and then include that in your resume. Those sorts of things can go a long way as well. And so the hands-on plus the certification, I think that's kind of the winning ticket here. Yeah, I'll make sure I include all of these links in the show notes. And you said something about breaking into the industries. As a father who's now finishing up, gosh, right? Like three more months and my oldest has finished up her first year of college. And so talking to her, talking to her friends, you know, her boyfriend's a computer science major, just these these kids that are like 19 to 21. And I was the same way in college, right? Nothing changes. I was like, I'm learning all this theory, but like, how do I get a job? And the best like advice I give people was I did an internship and that was the best thing because I saw where my degree was and what was actually happening in business. And my internship was literally like in a three-piece suit at the corporate headquarters of J&J on my knees running LAN cable underneath desks to connect computers. But I, I loved it because then I could go and talk to people and I'd be like, I remember asking, what's a DBA? What does it even mean? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And so I actually have a funny story about this type type of thing. My first internship, I got my degree in computer science, but it doesn't teach you like the actual things that people are doing. You know, like it's the theory, it's the algorithms. But like in my whole career as a developer, like how many times have I actually used these algorithms? Like almost never, you know? So you have to know the data. I've never done a, uh, what was it? A bubble sort? Yeah, I've never had to implement my own bubble sort. There are libraries (laughs) that we can use. Yes. You know, and I can't say that at this point I would I would build the best bubble sort, um, you know, being a little bit out of the outfit out of the algorithm game. But, um, you know, I think that what you're saying about how like, well, what's a DBA? I used to go into meetings and write down in my notebook all of the words that I didn't know, like what people were saying, just like acronyms, phrases, whatever. And then I'd go back to my desk and research them all. It's all about building that vocabulary. Yeah, Every day, I was starting to understand more and more of what was going on. And just being able to speak the language, my peers started being like, oh, Morgan, you know, she knows what's going on. Even if it was like a fake it till you make it type of thing, you know, (laughs) I didn't really, truly understand. But that's the first step to understanding is learning the language. So, yeah, I think just like getting your foot in the door somewhere and then just being a sponge, like not being afraid to ask questions not being afraid to say you don't know something. There's not one single person that knows everything about tech. This space is enormous. So just ask the questions. There's probably other people that have the same question. So asking a ton of questions when you're brand new is key. 
Yeah. And I found that even people within certain companies have specific tech lingo that's just specific to the company. And so mm-hmm. I love how you are compartmentalizing it as like something to do first. Because I think even till now, I never had that epiphany that really it's the terminology of just knowing how people are talking. That's actually one of the first things. It's such a great point. I love that. Because you just get lost. Like it's so easy to get lost in a situation, like in a conversation when you're brand new. It's like you might have actually good coding fundamentals, but there's there's all these other things that go around the IT industry that like we don't even realize, I think, when we're in it for so long that we're speaking with this jargon. And so like I make a concerted effort in the trainings that we make to define things. And that's actually like one of the next projects that we'll be talking about and releasing later this year is we're going to be putting out courses that are helping people build that just general IT vocabulary. Like we say HTTP. Okay, what is that? We say API. Okay, what is that? You know, for somebody who's never tech, those sorts of terms is kind of what gets you lost in the conversations. So yeah, we're going to be trying to build out some more like generalized content as well for people to help them get into this industry. Amazing. Speaking of, what are you most excited about next? Kind of hit on it. Yeah. Just in general. I think that I'm in general... AWS training and certification has some of the like smartest and most well-intentioned and motivated people that I've ever worked with. And everyone's just like consistently getting better and putting out content that our customers are asking for. So I think like I'm the most excited to release some of the projects that we've been working on over this last year. So things, you know, take time to release, but we have some different professional certifications coming out through websites like Coursera. We actually have one out there now for a solutions architect. And those sorts of things are what do help people, you know, break into the new industry. Maybe they can't afford a certification that's, you know, $300, but I can afford to spend $60 on a Coursera subscription for two months. And then I have a certificate that I can put on my resume and, you know, try to go get a job. So I think I'm continually excited by the same things. I guess I'm like a simple person. It's just, I just like helping customers creating training that is meaningful to people and is helping people get from point A to point B. So I think I'm just going to keep being excited about that probably for the rest of my career. Absolutely felt. I actually followed you pre-joining AWS and it's absolutely what comes off. Where can people actually find you as well? I I think I was following you on Twitter and a few places and what platforms? So you can find me on Twitter um, at Morgan T. Willis. And I tweet whenever we launch new things out of training and certification in general. And you could also add me on LinkedIn. I'm one of the people on LinkedIn where I accept literally everyone because why not? So you can find me on LinkedIn, add me there. You can find me on Twitter, follow me there. And I'll keep you all updated with everything we're doing in training and certification. And you are far from simple. Thank you for everything you do. Uh, you've certainly helped me in in your training and education. And it comes through in all the work of both you and your team. I'm super glad an organization like this exists within the company. And I really appreciated you taking some time out to talk to us today. So thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you so much, Morgan, for being with us. And I can't wait to stay tuned and follow along for all the updates from training and education. And yeah, as as Dave said, many of the links are going to be below and excited to share the resources and learn, continuously learning forever. (laughs) That's right.
Linda, say bye. I, last time I had to do another bye for Linda because oh, no. she didn't say bye. You got to like say bye. Oh, I forget because I never want to say bye. 